kids are awesome, are they not? They teach us so much about life. And uh, I don't know about you, but my mind tells me that I'm still that young. But then when I try to act on it, my body says, no, you are not. Um, it's hard sometimes when you're dealing with life. Because we have these pictures of how we want life to be. And a lot of times, it turns out to be that way. But life changes sometimes, whether it's a, just a natural course of life or a tragedy that strikes. And life is no longer what we remembered it to be. And we fight and we fight and we fight. And to me, that's when I start finding myself in, in times of desperation because I don't want to let go of what was. I want everything to be the way that it was when I was a kid. I want to be able to go back to that dirt road over in Lawrenceville, Georgia, and get on my bicycle and ride through the trails and jump the banks with Michael and Mark. But I can't go back to those days no matter how much I want to. I have to live in today because that's where God has us planted. And living in today, we celebrate today, we celebrate yesterday. But we look for tomorrow. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today is, is looking for tomorrow. Because tomorrow is a difficult place to get to sometimes. And sometimes what we do is we, we find ourselves back in the woods, as I say so often. It means that I go back to the basics, the basics of life. Today's passage of Scripture will become from the book of Exodus, chapter 32, verse 1 through 8. The Word of God says that when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we do not know what has happened to him. And Aaron, Aaron answered them, Take off gold earrings that your wives and your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. And he took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioned with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. And afterward they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down because your people who you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, as we come to this portion of the service, just ask that you be with me. Give us guidance and direction and help, Father God, to speak words that would, would only be pleasing to you. Remove from me, Father, any 
hope and desire to speak my own will, but, but fill me with your spirit, Father, that I may speak only the words that would come from your throne to edify your church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I think the first thing God is telling me to do is move this cable that I keep stepping on. It's distracting me. It gets up under my feet. What's going on right here is Moses has gone to the mountain to meet with God. He has already led Israel out of Egypt across the Red Sea through parted waters where God has rescued them and brought them into the wilderness, and he's left them in the care of his brother Aaron. Now, Moses had to leave to go to the mount to meet with God to find out the next step. Where are we going with this plan? We left the land we knew, everything that was familiar, even though it wasn't always the way we wanted it to be, we knew what it was like. And we were told that we're going to this, this promised land. So in our mind, we were leaving today and arriving tomorrow in a much better place. But what really happened was this. They met with God in the wilderness. They took a trip that could have took two weeks to complete, but because of their rebellion or their unwillingness to accept change, they took a two-week journey and turned it into a 40-year task. Amazing, isn't it? But that's what we do as people. We think we know what's best for us. And that's when we start putting idols in our lives. You see, when Moses was gone, he was meeting with God, and God was giving him the commands for everyone to live on. The people got scared. They forgot about the God who brought them out of bondage. They forgot about the power of God that, that parted the Red Sea so that they could get to safety, so that they could come out from under slavery and bondage. And in the midst of that desperation, in the midst of that fear of what not yesterday was, but what today presents and what tomorrow might look like, they cry out for help from another God, not even a God that they knew, but a God that they created. They went to Aaron and said, where is this person Moses? Where is this God who led us out? Make for us another God. And that's what we do, whether we intend to or not. It's who we are as a people. When we become desperate, when life becomes uncomfortable, we want to run to something that brings automatic comfort. We want to run to something that's going to give us the immediate answer. Our generation of people do not know how to wait. I promise you they do not. It is difficult for us to do everything. It's instant for us. We have instant telephone calls. Remember the days when we only had a phone at home and we weren't home to answer it when an emergency happened? But guess what? Life went on. But today, information is readily available at our fingertips. That's what we want right here, right now. But the thing is, is just, just because society has given a way for us to receive it doesn't mean that's what we need. As a matter of fact, the bad side of receiving information that instantly is that we learn to be impatient people. And when we learn to be impatient people, we do not act in a godly manner. I would love to say to you today that I am the most patient person that you will ever meet in your life, but then God might strike me down with a bolt of lightning right here, right now. I don't want that to happen, and I don't want you to be a witness to anything of that nature. So I have to be honest with you about myself if I'm going to ask you to be honest with you about yourself. 
I am not better than you. I am right here in the midst of everything with you. We are a family called together for a specific purpose. And that purpose isn't just to exist. I'm going to tell, tell you, like I said, Wednesday night, I don't like my calling because what God brings my calling is, is the church is always at a certain point. No matter what church I go to, it's the same point that they're at. In Israel's day, they were sent into exile because of their sins. And they weren't there to be punished. They were there to be disciplined, to learn to rely on God again, to learn that the politics of the day isn't our God, that the, the latest house or the newest car is not our God, that, that our purpose in life is not to get more so that we can have more, that our purpose in life is to serve a living God and to love that God and to trust that God. And to trust means solely one thing, rely upon God. And that's what Israel had to learn when they went into exile. And that's what Israel has to learn when they first leave Egypt, going to the promised land. The promised land is a real place, was a real place in their day. It was a point of destination that they had to get to. But before they could get to it, they had to go back to the basics. And I think that that's where we are as a church. When Israel was sent into exile, they were referred to as the remnant. The remnant being the people that were left behind, the people that were saved to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, to restore the people's relationship to God. And when I look out into our congregation today, that's who I say that we are as a people, that we are the remnant, that our church had grown and it was full one day and we had children running around and we had people that we loved and cared for running around but but through the natural course of time those children grow up and they move away that's what they're supposed to do that's what we raised them to do and that's what we want them to do and there are others that grow up and live a full life and go on to be with the Lord. They completed their task. And they did so successfully because of your service to God. And then there are those that are still with us but can't be in the house of God with us because of health issues or, or other issues. They are not forgotten, not by our family and not by God. 
but what happens in our lives is when all this stuff starts happening, we, 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 we start remembering the way things were, and we want to run back and grab hold of those concepts and those ideas. And when God starts calling to, to move into something new where he presents himself as a holy and living God, where he says, I know you're hurting, I know you think you're sinking, I know you think you're doing without, but there is a plan over here in place. I need you to listen. I need you to walk this path, and I need you to take your eyes off the world and everything you know and look to me remember who i am i am the one who brought you through hardship i am the one who brought you through pain i am the one that brought you into a time of celebration and a time of rejoicing and what i have done in the past i can and i will do again but it requires an obedience from the people It's not instant satisfaction, and it's not instant gratification. It's discipline. Because you see, when we start taking all those ideas and concepts of what was, and we don't see what God's doing today, and we start demanding that we know how to do this, we know what to do, then those ideas and concepts, not the acts we perform, but the ideas and concepts of those things become idols in our lives. They become the golden calves for our lives because we give all of our time and attention trying to recreate what was instead of allowing God to do a new work in our lives. And I do say allow because we are people of free will. God does not have to do anything on our behalf. He does so because we allow him to do so. And what I mean by allow is this. When God says walk down the aisle and we say we don't know how and he gives instruction, then we allow that work in our life by being obedient and we get up and walk down that aisle. That's how we allow God to work by following his instructions. But it's so hard sometimes to, to, to hear God's instructions. And I, and I say this not because I read it in a book, because I heard somebody else say it, but because I have experienced it. When I say that, that God prepared me over the past nine years to be with you, with you here today, what I mean is I understand in the heart of hearts, what it is that I'm saying. Because when I came into ministry and, and my life began falling apart the way that I wanted it to be, the way I needed it to be, and the way that I was comfortable with it being, instead of crying, God, I am obedient to you, I will respond in a godly manner, I will go where you want me to go, I said this, and instead, I'm losing everything that's familiar. I'm going to hold on to it. God, help me. This was my prayer. God, help me as I save everything that you've given me. God, help me as I try to save everything that you've given me. And when I said those words, that's when it struck my heart. God gave. I didn't create. 
God gave me the opportunity to go into the military. That was a blessing. God gave me the ability to climb the rank structure to sergeant before I got, before I got out. God gave me the ability to work as a police officer and to understand the law, to, to be able to provide it and to be able to apply it appropriately because God gave me that ability and that opportunity. Those were his blessings that he bestowed upon me. So I had to, to let go of those ideas that, that I've got to hold on to because the thing is this, that if God gave one time, then God can give again. And when I got to the point of stopping the foot stomping, of stopping the, the aggravating uh, cries for help that, that God was hearing because he hears our prayer, but I think that he wants us to get to the point that, that we stop telling him what we want, how we want it, and get to the point of saying what is it that you want from me? And when we get to that point in life, we break free from all the stress and aggravation and fear that we put upon ourselves. Because it's at that point in life that we are able to say to ourselves, just like our ancestors, it is not my will, but thy will be done. That I can live in peace. I don't like to share people's stories without their permissions, but sometimes I do, and I don't tell people who they are. But I met someone recently, and they told me of a tragedy that they experienced in life. It was a life-changing experience. And that person said that at the time that it happened that, that they realized how much life they were really missing. Not in these words. But he said that life was too precious to be worrying and arguing and fighting. So I live my life one day at a time in peace with my God and the way that I've chose to live. And I look to him and people like him and I say that is how we're supposed to live. That we're not supposed to be competing with our neighbor about who has the biggest house or the bigger car. And we're not supposed to be competing with our business friends to say that my business is better than your business. And we're not supposed to be competing 
with other churches around us and saying, look what they have and look what I have. See, each individual in their private life, in their work life, and in their church life serves a purpose, whether they know it or not. And it's to impact the people that are around us and to love God. There is a future for each and every one of us, individually and collectively. But if we keep telling God what that future is, then we'll never hear what God has to say. It's in silence that we hear God speak. And sometimes what we hear we don't want to know. But it is the will of God. Just like it was the will of God for Moses to go to the mountain, not just to receive his word, but so that the people could see how they responded in the midst of fear. And their fear led to desperate deeds. In no time at all, they forgot about the God who brought them to safety. In no time at all, they were willing to to sacrifice their entire lives on some image or some idea that, that they were created themselves. And in no time at all, they abandoned the God that saved them. And I don't say that to me depressing or disheartening. I say that, that that we can be aware of our surroundings. You ask anyone in the military what is the most, most important thing that you can be aware of, and that is your surroundings because you don't know what's there. You don't know who's coming around the corner to harm you. You don't know what you're putting your foot on, whether it's safe or not. And you don't know if the people around you are really your friends. You have to be aware of those surroundings. And there's only one who can get us through that safely. And that's God himself. I say it so that as 
we go out these doors today, that as we face our future together, that we do so with wisdom, we do so with compassion, and we do so looking to the God that brought us through and that will bring us through again, looking to the God that has a plan for us. Now, let me explain to you about that plan. I don't have the details for that plan. I know that you want me to stand up here and tell you step by step every little detail of how it's going to go, but I can't do that. But I know it starts right here. It starts with, are we going to trust God with our lives? Are we going to cast aside everything that we hold on to to move forward in life? Because this is what it looks like. A group of people get on a ship to go on a cruise. And everyone is on that ship, and, and we're ready to go. We can't wait to, to leave shore and get out and start the journey and, and see the dolphins as they swim, to, to see the sunrise and the sunset on the water before we get to our destination and get off that boat and go into a new land that we've never seen before. We can't wait to begin that journey. But as we're all standing on that boat, there's a small handful of people who are over here saying, my friends haven't arrived yet. And they say to the captain, of the boat don't leave just yet because we're still waiting for these people now let me tell you something about these people that haven't made it to the boat yet they're not coming and they're not coming because they're bad people they're not coming because something's wrong that you've done something wrong they're coming because god has another plan for those people the people that i've loved all my life aren't coming on this journey with me and you know what it's okay for me to let go of those people because i trust god with their lives i am not god over their lives i myself can't tell you what is important for these people and I can't tell you what they need, but when they say, I can't be there, they can't be there. They can't go on that journey, but it doesn't mean they're not on a journey because if Christ said that I came, that they have life and have life more abundantly, he wasn't just talking to me. He was talking to that group of people over there also. That group of people that I love and care so much for, that I want to be happy, that I want to be with me, God says there's another plan, and if you love them, let them go. Let them go live the life that I've given them. They're going to be happy. They're going to be taken care of. They're just not going to be as big a part of your life as they were at one point. But just like I've given them this wonderful life, I've got this wonderful journey for you over here, but you've got to let go. You've got to stop arguing. You've got to stop fighting and step forward in faith onto this ship. Look to the captain and say that it's time to go. I'm okay. They're okay. Step one. Trust God. Let God be our God and let God be their God. And rely solely on Him for your care, for their care. And let His plan be revealed in all of us. So I say this with hope 
that you know and that you see that your heavenly Father has a wonderful journey for you, that there is a, a bright tomorrow. But sometimes we got to go back into the woods, back to the basics, because sometimes we become so dependent upon the resources that God once gave us that we kind of slip away from that reliance on God himself. It's natural. It's what we do. But if God calls us back to the wilderness, it's to prepare us for that promised land that's a little further down the road. So step one, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Step two, we'll touch on next week. Provision. Isn't that the one thing that we're so terrified in life about that when we look to the future, that, that today when we look to tomorrow, we always say, how are we going to do it or we can't do it? And God's already saying that it's already done. That even in the wilderness, when they didn't know where food was coming from, God provided. So I challenge you and I welcome you to the wilderness. Welcome to the journey. It's a wonderful road and it's a hard road and it's a trying road. But it's a road that will build your faith a road that will transform your lives and transform the world around us. So long as we say yes to God, let us pray. Father God, we close the service today and thank you for this time that you've given us to come together. And Father, we know that during this day, we can lift up to you in prayer all of our cares and all of our needs, and we will hear your spirit or feel your touch in our lives. Sometimes, Father God, we know that that, that means going off to be by ourselves, to, to get away from the noise of the world and of our friends and, and everyone and everything around us. Just to spend that time in silence to hear your word. Help us, Father God, to, to know that you have called each and every one of us gathered here today for a purpose, and we may not yet know what that purpose is, but we know it starts with step one, which is to remember the God who brought us through. And then to take that step of faith, trusting you with today and with tomorrow and with all of the cares of our hearts. Help us to let go of those things that, that are holding us still. As we take that step of faith forward to embark on this wonderful journey that you have for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>